You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 1030 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Good morning, Cypress Church. Hallelujah, Christ is born. Isn't that wonderful? What a blessing. What a blessing. If you think about all those Old Testament believers were waiting and hoping and and wanting the, the Lord to send the Savior, but we on the other side of the cross, we have the blessing of knowing that Christ has come, our Savior has come, and he's purchased our salvation with his blood. We're thankful for that this morning. And as we head into the Christmas season, we uh, take time to uh, remember his birth. And so what a wonderful, what a joy and a a blessing it is uh, to do that. So Christmas is a very special time. My name is Jeff Harabedian. I'm one of the elders here at the church, and uh, I have some announcements for you. First of all, I wanted to say that uh, soon we will be taking the offering, so if you need to prepare for that. Uh, this would be the time. Um, uh, we have in the, the seat pockets in front of you uh, our prayer request cards. If you have an issue that you want um, the uh, staff, elders, pastors to be praying for you about, you can fill out that prayer request card. If it's confidential, uh, only the pastors will see that. So uh, feel free to fill out those cards. They're, they're there for you. Um, we will be, uh, as we move into December, it's also a time where we uh, begin uh, to be thinking about our, our faith promise uh, offerings that we'll be taking. And we won't be taking those this month, but that will be coming shortly. I, uh, in the next uh, few weeks, you'll be hearing more about that. And uh, in the bulletin, there is a little insert in there that uh, talks a little bit about that. So I just wanted to call your attention to that. And as you know, um, we, uh, there was the typhoon in the Philippines recently. And so the church is also going to be collecting an offering for relief for the victims of the typhoon relief. So if you would like to donate to that today, you can uh, put a note on your envelope uh, to say typhoon relief, and you can throw that into the envelope too. So all those uh, proceeds will go specifically and directly for typhoon relief. Also, as we head into uh, the Christmas season, the end of the year, it's been a tradition and a custom here at Cypress Church where we collect an offering for the staff, and we call it our staff love gift. Uh, you'll be seeing a letter in the mail um, perhaps this week, if you haven't received it already, where we talk a little bit more about that. So be thinking about that. Uh, if you would like to contribute for the staff love gift, you can also add a, a little note on the envelope and uh, add that today's offering. We uh, will be collecting that up to December 15th so that we'll have that in time for Christmas for the staff. Um, Community life groups. As you know, many of you know, uh, we do have small groups. We call them community life groups. And uh, if you would like to participate in that, you can uh, see Ron DiGitano. There's a community life group desk. If you go out the double doors and to the left, there's a table out there if you'd like to get involved with community life groups. We also publish a, um, a little uh, bulletin on the community life groups, or it's, it's to coincide with the community life groups, but it's like a little devotional that you can kind of go through over the week. And if you'd like to pick up one of these on a weekly basis, we have them either up front here or out at the information desk. So. Uh, feel free to take a look at that as well. And um, as we also, as we come into the Christmas season, you know, this is a special time. Um, some people that would normally never go to church or look for a special occasion to go to church, Christmas time is the ideal time to invite them. And so we've prepared uh, this, little, um, this little handout these are available out at the information desk. Pick some of these up and, uh, and pass them out to your friends. 
on the, on the back, it gives a schedule for the various services that we'll be having through the month of December. And we have quite a number of, uh, of topics here that I think would be a, a blessing to, uh, to non-believers. Jesus, our Emmanuel, that's God with us. And uh, on December, that's, December, that's today. On December 8th, next week, Jesus is the light of the world. And then on the 15th, Jesus, our restorer. On the 22nd, Jesus, the glory of God. And then finally, on Christmas Eve, Jesus is the answer. So on the back of this, there's, there's, not, there's a map to the church. There's service times and, uh, and, of course, our email address if anybody wanted to. So this, anyway, this thing's a little self-contained invitation for the Christmas season. So feel free to pick these up and, and pass them out to your friends. We will be, uh, in addition, uh, we have a Lincoln Family Ministry um, that we also um, would, would want to, <laughs> sorry, we're planning a little Christmas party for the Lincoln Family Ministry. So we have also this, this little handout uh, for a Christmas party, and it gives information about this. If you'd like to participate with this, we, um, we want to, um, we need help. Uh, preparing gift baskets for this. And if you'd like to participate in this, uh, please see Jericho as well. Jericho, can you raise your hand real high? There you go. So that's it for the, uh, for the announcements. Now it is time for the offering. So the ushers are coming forward. Let's uh, just have a quick word of prayer, and we'll, we'll go ahead and begin with that. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've given us all things. We thank you that you've given us your son. Hallelujah, Christ is born. And we just thank you, Lord. Bless now the, gift, the giver and the gift. And uh, we just ask these things in your name. Amen.
just praise the Lord for our worship team. Thank you, Nathan and team, for doing that. And also, thank you for their wonderful decorations. Don't you just love the way the church is all put together? Um, but Nathan will be quick to tell you that's his wife, Kim. Kim really had the design and put a lot of energy and effort into it. Matter of fact, uh, some of them were here till really, really, really early this morning. And I think Nathan said he was going on about four hours of sleep. So <laughs> make sure you come and say thank you to him personally on that, this, the, the job he has done there and that. Why don't you take your Bibles and open up to John chapter 1. My name is Mike McKay, one of the pastors here. John chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, our wonderful ushers are walking down the aisle. They have a stack of Bibles in their hands. Just wave to them and they'd be happy to give you a loaner Bible uh, that is a loaner, so just leave it there when you're done. But if you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, free of charge, no questions asked, just go to the back of the, uh, out these double doors at the end of the service, turn right, and that long desk there just ask somebody, hey, can I have a Bible? And they'd be happy to give you one. Our only... Uh, uh, encouragement to you is that you actually read it. Don't just take it, but actually read it and uh, listen to the words that are there. <clears throat> well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. And that's it. That's all you got for me. But... Um, <laughs> yes, uh, not only is the church decorated, but if... Uh, uh, you're like, your street's like my street. Every house is decorated but mine. And uh, No, but the decorations are up. The lights are there. Baking and preparations are happening, all for the celebration of Jesus being born. God's Son, our Savior, the awaited Messiah that Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter 6, or chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. (laughs) 
Over the years, the world has sought to celebrate this uh, glorious event with all kinds of interesting traditions and customs. Like in India, uh, they decorate banana trees and mango trees and use their leaves for decorating their homes, not uh, evergreen and pine trees like we do. In Japan, uh, KFC is a, natural, a, a national favorite over Christmas. Nobody knows why, uh, but just is. Uh, in uh, Finland... On Christmas Eve, people visit the graves of their ancestors and, and light candles. In the Ukraine, Christmas trees are decorated with uh, uh, artificial spider webs. There's a reason for that. Look online, you can figure it out. And in Venezuela, people skate to church. I thought that so. If you are in walking distance of our church, why don't you just skate here? It'd be just fun. We'll have a place for your uh, roller blades and roller skates and skateboards outside, but. Um, and I bet you have your own interesting, maybe a little bit weird traditions. Do you have interesting traditions in your house? Yeah, how many of you hide the pickle? The little pickle ornament? You guys do. Okay, there's, there's one family over here. You know, it's the same way in the first service. I thought that was like everybody did that. What, what other fun traditions, traditions do you guys have? What, what do you do? Baking brownies, oh, oh, oh. Mm. with little peppermint things in them. No, okay. Um, what else? What else do you do? What are some of the fun traditions you do? What? Make tamales. Oh, and if you have extra, yeah. Um, Christy, my wife is of, of Scandinavian descent. She has got Swedish, Norwegian, Danish uh, in her blood, and so we have um, these. Uh, Round pancakes called Abel Skeevers. <laughs> they are so good. And, uh, and then we do a, a fun uh, tradition that we kind of just created. Um, actually, I stole it from somebody else. We celebrate on Christmas Adam. You, you guys have heard this before. Yeah, so, you know, Adam, uh, Christmas Adam is the day before Christmas Eve because Adam came before Eve. So we celebrate on Christmas Adam. And we have a big party, and then we uh, kids open presents that night. So... Um, it's a, it's a fun little thing, but, but sometimes we get so wrapped up in our festivities that we kind of scream out like Charlie Brown. Remember the Charlie Brown Christmas? Check this out. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Don't you love that? Actually, I just, I just realized this just now. I, I didn't even remember this first service. Is that that was the, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so that was the first uh, gospel I ever heard. I just realized that just now. How cool is that? Uh, see, when we imagine Christmas, sometimes we only focus on the decorations and the traditions and the customs and the boxes and the bows and the bags. And yet, at its core, there is a beauty that is beyond measure that can bring out the best this Christmas and really all of life. It is the reimagining of a Christ-centered Christmas Christmas not void of or pushing away the fun traditions, but, but focused and fixed on Jesus. And this is what I believe the Apostle John in his gospel was seeking to bring out in his telling of Jesus' arrival in this world. Uh, now you have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in, and in Matthew and in Luke it is told the Christmas story 
the one that we're used to seeing when Linus read that one, mostly out of Luke is that the one came out of it. But in Matthew and in Luke, they tell the story. They tell the story of, of John the Baptist uh, being born and, and, and that and, and of Mary, this uh, uh, person who's betrothed to, to Joseph, not married yet, became pregnant and big scandal. <laughs> And, and she and Joseph kind of moved through life and, and an angel told them what was going on and they're wondering what's happening and then they're taken over to uh, Bethlehem to go register because of the census there. And, and then and those two tell the story of, of their travel and, and there's no room in the inn and they had to go to a, a stable and the baby was born there in a stable and angels came and, and told the shepherds and the shepherds came and just was amazed at this one that the angels told about and and then later they had wise men come and give gifts and then they heard about Herod wanting to kill and, then, and so they fled to Egypt and all those stories but John John goes back goes back into eternity to help us reimagine Jesus for who he is that Jesus is Emmanuel the light of the world our restorer the glory of God and the answer to life. And this Christmas season, we'll be reimagining Christmas with Christ <laughs> smack dab in the center. And with the Apostle John, it is always straight up Jesus. And in his first three verses, John gives out three incredible truths that are brought out that help us not only reimagine Christmas with Christ at the center, but expands our view of Jesus as a personal relation, relational God, opening up some amazing truths that can have a wonderful impact on our life. And so I'd like for us to, to delve into that as we discover these three truths to help us reimagine Christ as our Emmanuel. So before we do that, if you wouldn't mind standing up, push your books aside for a second and stand up and let's pray. And I know with the... With the Head swimming of decorating and things that have to be done and we want this year to be so different and it can be with Christ in the center. Let's invite him in and ask him to teach us and challenge us for the help that we'll get this morning. Father, thank you for, your, uh, for the truth of your glorious word. Lord, it is uh, sharper than any two-edged blade able to cut through even the callousness of our heart but yet also the stuff that's going and swimming in our head. And Father, I pray that this morning you would meet with us. Help us to, to gain what you want us from your word this morning. Teach us, challenge us, encourage us. Help us to, to understand your word this morning about that you are our Emmanuel. You are with us. Teach us, we pray in your son's name. Amen. Please have a seat. If you haven't already done so, uh, take out your worship folder that's there. Uh, uh, Jeff mentioned, our elder Jeff mentioned that uh, there was a pledge card in there about uh, uh, our faith promise giving, and you can see that. There's also, if you notice, there's a little uh, uh, paper ornament in there. This is a, a nativity scene that's in there. This is a little gift for you to remind you to put Christ in the center of Christmas. You can take a little what a loopy thingy and hang it on a Christmas tree. And actually, we'll be giving out a different ornament each week. Uh, there's five, so you can collect all five, but you have to be present to participate. So, uh, and, and, you know, this is it. If you didn't get one today, you know, next week you'll have a different one. So you can collect all five. There, there are collector's items, and they'll be probably on eBay afterwards. But, <laughs> but I hope you enjoy that. Just a good reminder of that. But three incredible truths about Jesus to reimagine a Christ-centered Christmas with Jesus as our, our Emmanuel. The first is, Jesus is Emmanuel. Turn, if you will, to John Chapter 1, if you are already there, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now the word, Word, capital W-O-R-D, means the expression or the revelation of God, that Jesus is the very appearance of God. That is why Jesus said, When you've seen me, you've seen the Father as John 14, 9 talks about. God is viewed and disclosed in Jesus. This expressive and animated word has three distinct realities. The first is God's word is personal. Now, all over Scripture, if you just read your Bible, you'll find many interactions that God has with people because He's a personal God. 
And he talks to people and he, and, he, and he speaks to them. And the Old Testament was audibly. New Testament tends to be through his word uh, and, and through the Holy Spirit whispering in our minds. But God speaks. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, you can read it and look at it later. God makes a covenant with Abraham because he's a personal God. He connects with him. And in verse 14, we see that connection as it says, and we'll expand upon this in a couple of weeks, but the word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only. That word only means unique. There is none like Jesus. Uh, God squeezing himself into the tininess of a little baby. No less God than he was when he squeezed himself into a little baby, but he's still God. He is personal. He's made that sacrifice, as Philippians 2 talks about, to relate to us, to be personal with us. Because we, we need that. You see, as, as, as Isaiah 59.2 says, our iniquities, our sins, have separated us from God. There is a huge chasm between holy, awesome, amazing God and sinful human beings. That, that chasm is called sin. Sin separates us. And the Bible is clear, clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. And that sin holds us back. It holds us back from experiencing a relationship with God. And he really can't be with us. He can't be our Emmanuel until we deal with this gap. Now, try as we might, we can try to, to get closer to God by acting more godly, by being kind and gentle and nice, by going to church and, and reading the Bible and learning Bible verses and giving to the poor and do all those things that we even saw Jesus do. And those are all great things, but they don't close the gap. Try as we might, there is absolutely nothing we can do. And that's why humanity sits in just a utter despair. Because if we don't bridge that gap, we won't be able to fulfill our full potential as God created us to be. We won't be able to have a relationship with Him and we'll be let out of heaven. We will not be let in. And so, the answer is given with Jesus. He is our Savior. He came to, to bridge that gap. He came not only to, to, to come and dwell among us to show that he wants to be personal with us and then to show us how to live, but he also paid the penalty for our sin when he died on the cross. He was that sinless sacrifice that paid our debt so that the gap may be closed, so that now we can have a relationship with God because we're covered with the righteousness of Christ. And we can have that. And Jesus came personally to dwell among us and to show us how to live like we're supposed to live and yet to pay the penalty for our sin. Many of you have made that decision. You've come to the place in your life where you believe and that, that's how you close that gap. So you can't just, just by knowing it in your head closes the gap. It's when we, and, and benefits from what Jesus did, it's, it's when we believe. And so every Christmas season we have packets repaired that help you understand how to believe. Because belief is, 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 is more than just thinking about it. It's a, it's a commitment or a confession that we're sinful. And then it's a, a confession that Christ is our Savior. And then it's a commitment to live life His way as best as we can. And inside this little packet is, uh, explains that in a little more detail. And if you're not sure, I encourage you to come pick up a packet. There's some here. The ushers will be having them in the uh, lobby area afterwards. So don't pick up one for somebody else. But just if you're curious... You pick it up and, and read that through and there's some instructions and ways to respond back and, and we can help you. But God sent his son Jesus to be born, born and live among us. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the angel speaking to Mary calls Jesus Emmanuel, meaning God with us, that we might not see God as impersonal, but personal. Like I said, uh, uh, I didn't know anything about God or Jesus unless I saw it with the Peanuts Christmas special as a kid, I, I had no idea. And though I would study God, because my dad, being a university professor, um, was into intellectual things and studying stuff, and so we'd study religions every now and then and talk about it and stuff like that, but God was always some distant deity out there, very impersonal. And yet as I began to know who Jesus is, this word that came to dwell among us, I realized that he is incredibly personal. Write down Psalm 139. My, my favorite passage of all the scripture. It, it talks about how intimately acquainted God is with our ways. 
how before we speak, He knows the very words we're going to say. He knows what we think in our head. He knows it all. And He loves us completely. Also write down Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Really, go, go all the way to verse 10. But in there it speaks about how Jesus provides for us salvation. He provides for us that way to bridge this gap. And it is a gift that He offers to us. Not something you work for. It's just available for anybody who wants it. Anybody. It doesn't matter how bad you feel you are or how great you think you are. It's open for everyone. The murderer and the saint. The average person and the poor person. The rich person and the person that thinks they've got it all together. It's all offered for us. And it's a gift that is unwrapped through belief. My hope and prayer is that you do believe. And again, if you are not sure, pick up one of these packets. But after we've received that, that gift of salvation, from that decision on, it should be a constant and consistent pursuit. It, it reminds me of a, um, of a high school guy way, way back uh, when I was a youth pastor. His name is Mark. And Mark was, you know, a nice guy. He's good believer, loved the Lord, but he was a little bit of a goofball. You know, I know we don't have any goofballs in our youth ministry. They're all cool. But Mark was just a little bit of a goofball and um, uh, kind of loud, kind of obnoxious and, and did his own little things every now and then. But, but um, Mark had a crush on Shannon. Shannon was uh, just a, a drop-dead gorgeous, beautiful high school girl. Uh, she was a model, um, and every guy had a crush on her. When she walked in the room, all the guys, oh, hey, Shannon, come sit next to me. Oh, no, you know, and, and getting her, her, you know, the outline and notes and wanting to make sure, okay, I'm going to pray for her and all those kind of things. And <laughs> but uh, Mark was different. He was relentless in his pursuit of Shannon. And he would love her and care for her and make sure she was uh, taken care of and... and after her, and, he, and as he began to, or as he continued to do that, he won her heart. He got the girl, and they got married. And it was neat to see their love develop. And, and I was close with both Mark and Shannon, and, and I asked Shannon uh, one day, "What do you see in Mark?" <laughs> Not quite that way, but, but you know, Mark. Um, but I said, "What is it about Mark that you love him?" And he goes. Besides the fact she said, he makes me laugh. Uh, she said, you know, my Mark loves me like Jesus. He, he thinks the world of me, and I know that he will never stop loving me because of how he pursued me all through those high school years. Uh, and they're not going to stop loving each other. They get uh, beautiful kids and, and enjoy a wonderful relationship, and they're not going to stop loving each other, and, and, and nor will they. And nor should we with God. We need to reimagine um, Christ as personal with us enough that we um, acknowledge his love because he has never stopped pursuing you. He is constantly in that process of pursuing you. Sometimes we get distracted in life and, and a distance grows between us and God and we stop going to church, we stop reading our Bible and we stop thinking about God as much and and we feel a little distant. And yet Jesus has never stopped pursuing you. His pursuit is constant and consistent. And he's always there. All we need to do is turn to him. And maybe it's time this Christmas to reimagine that close, personal relationship with a very personal Jesus. This word who came to dwell among us. Know him more. Make church more of a habit. Get into a small group. Serve God in some way, whether it's at church here or in, a, in the community or in your neighborhood. See, Jesus is Emmanuel, the essence of God, the Word of God. And God's Word is effective. In Genesis 3-2, His Word creates. In Psalm 33-6, His words create the stars. His word heals, as Psalm 107, verse 20 says. And as Isaiah 55, 11 says, His word does not come back empty. In other words, it has an impact. It can have a great impact in our lives if we listen. The question is, are you listening? 
You know if you're listening, if you see life change. For listening is doing the work of applying God's word so it is effective in our life. God's word is also reviving. This word of God is reviving to life. 1 John 5, 12 puts it this way. He who has the Son has life. And not just any life. Not just a drab, ordinary, mundane life. But a thriving life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Not just simply this uh, uh, survival type of life, but a life that thrives. And when we live life with Jesus at the center, life works. Sure, there are issues and problems and struggles, but there is hope if you choose to embrace Jesus and make him central. See, words are just words. And if we don't take them in and receive them and give them importance, they do nothing. Jesus is the word of God, Emmanuel. Receive him. Give him your attention and allegiance for when you do, your Christmas and life will be reimagined. Here's another incredible truth about Jesus to reimagine a Christ-centered Christmas. Jesus is the eternal Father. Look at verse 2. I'll read verses 1 and 2 together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is, was, and always will be. His, exist, his existence did not start when he was born as a, as a child. But as Revelation 1, 8 says, Jesus speaking, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to, be, is to come, the Almighty. And as Jesus said when he explained his eternity in John chapter 8, verses 58, he said, I am the I am. And, and the Jews at that point, the Jewish leaders, began to pick up stones to execute him because they knew exactly what that meant when Jesus said, I am. He's claiming to be the very God of the universe because that's the same phrase that Moses heard in Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, when he encountered the burning bush. When Moses says, who, who am I to tell the people that uh, I represent? And God says, I am. That word, I am, means I am what I am. It's the word Yahweh in the Bible. Three deeper insights to, into Jesus being the eternal God as his name Yahweh expresses. First is Jesus is self-existent. See, Jesus is not just that baby in a manger. He is very much more. He has no need and is consistently his perfect self always. He is consistently his perfect self all the time. So Jesus never stops loving, never stops caring, never stops saving, and never stops seeking to guide us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we should be thankful thankful for his never-ending love and care. Let him know that. Take times to, to pray and, and, and pray praises back to God and thank him that he is self-existent, that he does not change, and he is the same always. Jesus is creator and sustainer of life, as Colossians 1, 16 and 17 talked about. We just finished studying the book of Colossians and, and those, those verses, chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. In verse 17 it says, He is the one who holds everything together. He's the glue. And this truth says that Jesus is the one that we can depend on. He is the creator and sustainer of life. Those shepherds were in awe of, on this baby that the angels had spoken of. And yet Jesus is so much more. Respect him. Give him that place of honor in your life. Honor meaning the top honor. The very highest honor that you can place above anything in life. Give him that place of honor. Jesus does not change. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is perfect, and his character is not in process of becoming something different. The wise men knew from their study in the miraculous star that this child was amazing, and yet Jesus is 
way beyond their comprehension. He is all-powerful, almighty, all-everything, omnipotent, omnipresent, everything God who deserved our, deserves our reverent respect. That reverent respect over everything that we stop. We stop the hustle and bustle of the, even the holidays and stop striving so much and soak in Him. We stop the, the direction of our life, our way, and we give Him the reverent respect of living life His way, for He is our Lord and our Master and our God. Give Him reverence. That's how we reimagine Christmas in life. One more incredible truth about Jesus to reimagine us Christ-centered Christmas is that Jesus is Elohim. John chapter 1, verse 3. Let me read all three verses to you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Chapter th- or verse 3. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is the Creator God. As we studied back in Colossians 1, we just... Uh, talked about that one passage but also in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the word there in hebrew is elohim created the heavens and the earth now what's interesting about this hebrew word elohim is that it is plural but it does not mean gods as you know multiple gods but yet it's plural it's plural because we serve a triune god a God that is one, but three distinct personalities. Now that's a hard concept for our human brain to wrap around because it's a heavenly concept. But we try to do our best to, to understand the triune nature of God, and so we've got illustrations like, like water. Remember, the, the chemical equation for water is what? H2O, right? And it comes in a variety of different properties. There's vapor, which is still H2O. Liquid, which is still and ice, which is solid, which is still all different, but very much the same, the same chemical quality. Um, I'm one person, but I have three or actually more different uh, relationships. I am a husband to Christy. I am a father to my kids. And I am a son to my mom and dad. One person, but three distinct, different relationships. God is one. Now, it's important that we know that because there is a translation out there that's inaccurate. And it reads this way in John 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. That's an incorrect translation. Nowhere in the Greek does it even come anywhere close to that. And yet some have sought to to, to, to misinterpret Scripture to fit their own theology that Jesus is not God. But He is very much God. And actually, verse 1 proves that when you read it in the Greek, and so does verse 14. All still one. This name Elohim means literally strong one. For there is none more powerful than God. First uh, Chronicles twenty nine eleven. Yours, O Lord. And whenever you see the, the word capital L, O, capital O, capital R, capital D, that word Lord, that's the word Yahweh. Yours, O Lord, is the, great, is, is, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. That's Jesus. That's Yahweh. That's Elohim. Yes, a baby wrapped in a swaddled cloth, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the almighty, awesome God of the universe. Well, let me pull out just two of the many verses of Jesus, Elohim, from our Bible. Jeremiah chapter 23, or 32, verse 27. I am the Lord the God of all mankind. You know what the word all means in Hebrew? It means everybody. It does mean all. (laughs) Not just those who believe, but everybody. 
Hindus, Muslims, Mormons. He is the God of all, whether you recognize him or not. He is the Lord. He's the God of all. And I love this question here. Is anything too hard for me? What do you think? Is anything too difficult for God? Really? Do you believe that? Is anything too difficult for God? No. No. Is there any issue or problem or condition or relationship or financial issue or struggle or sickness or malady Jesus is too weak to handle? No. No. The question is, do you really believe that? When it comes to your life and the struggles you face, the truth is there is nothing too difficult for Jesus. Absolutely nothing. So give it up to him. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. First uh, Peter 5, 7 expands on that and tells us to cast our cares upon him. To, the word literally means to chuck, chuck our issues onto Jesus and let him deal with it. Now, he may deal with it on his own. He may stand with you while you deal with it. He may remove it. And he may suffer with you through it. But you are not left alone. Not for a second. You're not abandoned. Not forsaken. God is always with you. And he will be there through thick and thin. So we should trust in him. See, to reimagine Christmas with Christ at the center takes trust. Trust is something we give. The question is, will you? There's a lot of difficult struggles in life. Life has its ups and downs. But do you really trust in him? Here's another reality of Jesus, our Elohim. Isaiah 45, verse 18. For this is what the Lord says. The Lord who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth and founded it, he did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. And he says, I am the Lord. There is no other. There is no other higher power, no other force, entity, item, ability, thing, person who is God. So surrender to his leadership and influence. Obey his word, follow his teachings, and be about his purposes. But the truth is, we can put other things in that place of our highest affection or influence. They're called idols. Like if we obsess that we're making that perfect Christmas, stressing because it has to be just so. You may be dealing with the idol of acceptance. But the truth is, Jesus has already accepted you. He's already offered you the gift of salvation. He's already offered you his very life. He's offered you... uh, entrance into the family of God and you have acceptance you have belonging as well if if we are constantly living and having to be right to make sure things are going our way to be in control and dominant you may be struggling with the idol of self and whatever is in that highest affection of our life is what shapes us and if it's self self is shaping you but Jesus has said he wants to renovate our soul for us to be like clay in a potter's hand to mold us into the person that he's created. I don't know about you, (laughs) but I'd much rather my creator, the one who knit me together inside my mom's womb, to be the one who shapes my life rather than my sinful self. (laughs) I know my potential. (laughs) Now we're going to talk a lot more about idols in January, but... Anything in place of Jesus and in place of Jesus Elohim is an idol. And yet Jesus is the Lord. He is Yahweh. The all-everything God and there is no other. So reimagine Jesus as Elohim and worship him. Take this time at Christmas and expand your understanding of him. For when we do Christ, when we do and make Christ our center, Christmas and life will be reimagined. You see, Christmas is a lot more than just a, a tree. <laughs> That's why I love the, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Is it just it? It just there it is. Um, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the glitz, like 
Remember Snoopy's doghouse? And it's right around Christmas, all the lights and everything there. Uh, we get so wrapped up in the uh, commercialness and the, uh, the whirlwind of preparations and gatherings that it alters our image of Christmas. And yet there is so much more to the reality of this holiday right at the core. It's Jesus. Just Jesus. Jesus our Emmanuel. God with us. So think again of who Jesus is. That he is our Emmanuel. He is eternal father. He is Elohim. Reimagine Jesus for who he is. For as we do, Christmas becomes more. And really so does life. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I know when I I first understood you, I really did just think of you as some little baby in a manger or some self-proclaimed prophet that roamed the earth and wanted people to follow you. And and yet as I learned of you and learned how incredibly amazing you are, the fact that you love me personally and want me to have a relationship with you paid the penalty for my sin I can't help but fall on my face and worship you you are the all everything God the amazing holy heavenly father and you're it and this Christmas Lord we want to put you at the center of our hearts and our life we want to know you more to be like you more and to express through our whole holiday season, you. Thank you, Father. We pray in your son's name. Amen.